0: Hey, it's Mark K, and thanks so much for downloading the Mark K Show podcast. Did you know we have a second daily podcast called Mark K Saves the Republic? It, too, is available on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you can download podcasts on the internet. Do it now.
1: We're entertaining meets informative. This show makes the listener feel like it's my show. You make bad news sound good.
2: Mark K for three hours a day. Love it! This
3: is the Markay Show.
0: Oh, it's the Markay Show, man! We got so much Markay Show for you today. We got so much Markay Show for you this week. I can't even. I don't even know how we're going to fit it all in before the Christmas break. But we're going to try to fit it all in before the Christmas break. And we're look. We're going to get to. Uh, we're going. We're going to get to what happened at the Capitol over the weekend, or at least what we found out happened in the Capitol over the weekend. We're going to get to a couple of other things. But first, I want to let you know that Mika Brzezinski and, and uh, Joe Scarborough had Ron DeSantis on their show this weekend. And or I guess it was, I guess it was, maybe it was this morning. Anyway, and she asked him a question. Uh, it went like this.
4: Do you think Donald Trump is a threat to democracy?
0: And I'll play you what Ron DeSantis said here in just a minute. But first, something we haven't done in a very long time, and I'm always, I'm always a fan of this. I'm always excited when we have the opportunity to play it. It's something we like to call uh, Mark K's secret sound. <laughs>
2: Secret sound. Alright,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Mark Casey, I'm about to play for you a secret sound, and then I'd like you to call in and uh, try to identify what that secret sound is. The first person that can identify the secret sound gets my appreciation, and uh, they can pat themselves on the back. Um, so uh, here's what I'm going to do I'm going to play you the sound, and then if you think you know what, call in. You probably should have told Adam I was doing this before. That's okay. Uh, listen carefully. Here, this happened. Well, I'm not even going to give you any more heads up. I'm just going to play you the sound. If you think you know what it is, go ahead. And give us a call. Are you ready? Here we go. Everyone turn up your radios. Turn up your computer speakers. Tell everyone around you. Shh. Listen carefully. Let me play it for you one more time. Here it is. If anybody thinks they know what that is, go ahead and give us a call because it uh, it's uh, it's something that you probably need to be aware of. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-6275. Here it is one more time. <laughs> Visually, it's a lot more stimulating than it is uh, audio-wise, but it's okay. You'll still be able to figure it out from uh, if you listen to it carefully. Eight five five nine four zero. Mark is our number. We'll line up a few guesses and we'll see who's right here in just a second. Adam, make sure you get their guesses as well as their names too. That'll be very. That'd be very, very important. Um, 855 L mark All right, so let's get back a little bit to Mika Brzezinski and Ron DeSantis, because
4: here's what she asked him on Morning Joe. Do you think Donald Trump is a threat to democracy? Do
0: you think Donald Trump is a threat that's everyone's favorite question nowadays because look, Donald Trump according to the voters is not a threat to democracy. Donald Trump according to the polls is not a threat threat to democracy. Donald Trump according to pretty much everybody in the United States of America is a better choice to be president in 2024 and beyond than Joe Biden. In fact, the majority of Democrats want Joe Biden off of the ticket. Even Barack Obama Over the weekend, the Washington Post published a big article. Uh, Barack Obama apparently told people on the inside that Joe Biden is no longer the best. I'm I'm afraid he could lose. He's no longer the best candidate. I'm afraid he could lose to Donald Trump. And if he loses to Donald Trump, that's the end of our democracy as we know it. So Barack Obama is now petrified with fear that Joe Biden will lose because, let's face it, Joe Biden would probably lose if he were in a head-to-head. So now the narrative turns to Donald Trump. If we can't get people to like Joe Biden, what if we just get people to, to hate Donald Trump again? If we can't get people to like Joe Biden, what if we just scare people into thinking that it's the end of our democracy if Donald Trump... Uh, we're president, and that's why Meek is asking Ron DeSantis
4: this question. Do you think Donald Trump is a threat to democracy?
5: And
0: here was the governor's answer.
5: Now, look, I think Donald Trump, uh, he when he was president, uh, I think that he really didn't take uh, some of the action that he could have constitutionally taken, uh, and so I, I understand there's a narrative saying he's going to be much different this next term, but I look back, you know, what didn't he do? You know, he didn't move forcefully uh, to build the border wall. Uh, that languished for years, uh, he didn't fire people uh, like Anthony Fauci from the COVID task force, when many conservatives, including me in Florida, were saying they needed to go a different direction. He even gave Fauci an award his last day in office. A lot of the people he appointed, he since trashed after leaving office, but he could have fired them. He didn't really take any action uh, to reform the bureaucracy or to curb the administrative state. So uh, I, I think what what is being said would be him acting in, in ways that actually were not not how he acted before. He deferred a lot of his presidency mm-hmm. uh, to some of these people that he now criticizes. All
0: right, so everyone to say, no, he's not a threat to democracy, but I don't think that he did enough while he was president the first time around. I mean, I'd like to point out to the governor that the first time around, while Donald Trump was president of the United States, he was also under current scrutiny from the House of Representatives and Nancy Pelosi. He was being impeached. He had his entire staff uh, called up to the Hill repeatedly for questioning and for subpoenas and for depositions. And it's very tough to order orchestrate the comeback of a country while all that's going on but he did so you know also as the chief executive you're not supposed to just do everything arbitrarily that's joe biden type stuff or uh, i'm sorry unilaterally you're supposed to involve you're supposed to dictate terms to other people and agencies and you're supposed to put in place good people that look it's tough to find apparently Donald Trump will be the first one to tell you that. He'll be the first one to say, I would have done some things differently. There were people I trusted I wouldn't have trusted. For example, Jeff Sessions from the get-go. Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions, he made Jeff Sessions Attorney General of the United States of America. What's the first thing he did? Recuse himself from the Mueller report. He recused himself from the uh, impeachment investigation, and uh, the Russian collusion investigation, and all of a sudden... I mean, all, if that, that was it. If Jeff Sessions had just said, no, we're not moving forward with this, it's a bunch of mal- malarkey, uh, we wouldn't have had a problem. But Jeff Sessions had no backbone. He recused himself. He stepped aside. And that was the beginning of the end for Donald Trump. And that's why we went through so many attorneys general. Had he chosen someone like Rudy Giuliani to just be the attorney general, well, that would have been probably a totally different case. Uh, So Ron DeSantis is out there saying, no, Donald Trump is not a threat to democracy. In fact, I think that he, uh, he may be too much a part of it, that he should have done even more. The problem there being, again, that he did not have the opportunity or the support of either party, the Republicans or the Democrats. You remember that big tax break we got? that oh, there was a huge tax break. Paul Ryan, the uh, Speaker of the House, worked with Donald Trump on that tax break. It was the only thing he worked with Donald Trump on. Donald Trump got a tax break for corporations and for individuals. A lot of folks got money right back in their pocket from their businesses. You know, here at, uh, we at uh, k Treat HQ, we all got big fat checks because our company got a tax break courtesy of Donald Trump. And that was the only thing Paul Ryan would work with him on. After that, it was all anger and disgust and stopping him dead in his tracks, yada, yada, yada. So a second, uh, a second Donald Trump term, rest assured, will be a lot different and I think what Ron DeSantis pointed out is yes in that first term maybe there were people that weren't doing their jobs or that Donald Trump trusted that he shouldn't have you know I wasn't Rex Tillerson was a was a debacle as secretary of state fought with the president tried to make his own policy until he was thrown by the wayside and where is that guy now nobody knows nobody's heard of him uh, Donald Trump will make sure that he is he has vetted everybody much more thoroughly. In fact, he's been spending the last four years finding out who his true friends and allies are. Who are the people in Washington, D.C. and around the United States that he could really trust in a second presidency? Who are those people that are going to step up and say, yes, I believe we should put America first? Yes, I believe we should get retribution from the Democrats. Yes, I believe that they need to be taught a lesson because they've weaponized the United States of America against us. And I will not step aside or recuse myself or do anything out of the ordinary uh, that would uh, that would otherwise Um, move me or the agency you put me in charge of off of that very important agenda. It's been four years he's been putting together his dream team and you can rest assured that on day one his dream team will be ready to go to not only A undo all the damage that joe biden has done but b it reinstitute the policies that donald trump instituted the first time around that made america great again and i'm glad that i'm glad ron DeSantis was there on morning joe to uh to verify and solidify that so that was very that was very good Eight five five nine four zero 940 mark is our number 855-940-6275 it looks like we have a bunch of people on the line who would like to play marquette's secret sound <laughs> sound now, so we're gonna go to I' was gonna go to Julie in Illinois Julie hello how are you today
2: good how
6: oh, are you
0: oh doing very well Julie listen I'm gonna play that sound for you one more time and then I want you to take a guess as to what you think it is okay all right all right here we go what do you think Julie what does that sound like to you
4: It's the car crash that hit the motorcade for Biden.
0: It's the car crash that hit the motorcade for Biden. That is correct. That is correct. Yes, Joe Biden's motorcade was involved in a car crash. And when I say involved in a car crash, what happened was uh, Joe Biden was getting into the motorcade. They were all parked you know there's a lot of vehicles in that motorcade too uh they were all parked and all of a sudden joe biden's going back and forth with reporters in fact, <laughs> in fact here's the here's the full clip listen to the reporter's question beforehand and joe biden's smug answer before he uh he before the car crashes into him it was perfectly timed by the way
4: mr president why are you losing to trump in the polls
0: Happen is a reporter yells at uh, Joe Biden, "Why are you losing to Trump in the polls?" Joe Biden yells back, "You're reading the wrong polls." And then all of a sudden, there's a crash, as if somebody opened up the most recent poll and saw Joe Biden crashing. You're reading the wrong polls. The wrong polls. Oh, here's one. <laughs> But what it turned out to be was a drunk driver in Wilmington, Delaware, who uh, just like spun around the corner. I guess lost control of the vehicle, slammed into one of Joe Biden's motorcade vehicles, and uh, was uh, you know eventually arrested and taken away. Interesting thing about this, if you've seen the video, Julie, have you seen the video of this?
4: I have. Yeah.
0: If you see the video, what's really interesting about it, and we were chatting about this uh, earlier today on Newsmax. I joined the uh, Wake Up America on Newsmax this morning with um, Robin Sharla. And the one thing we all noticed is how slow to react the Secret Service was. They don't get Joe Biden in the car until three or four seconds after the crash, which, again, I've never been a Secret Service agent. Uh, but I imagine the protocol should be as soon as you hear the crash, you lunge and cover the president and rush him to safety. But they were kind of looking around like, huh? What, what's going on? Huh? Where?" And then once you heard the second part of that crash, when the wheels started skidding, not here, not here, not here. They're still looking around that is when they finally got the president to safety so i don't know if the i don't know if the secret service is on vacation early this week or if they're just you know maybe if hanging around with joe biden so long has slowed down everybody uh in his administration but very nicely done Julie. congratulations uh you won mark k's secret sound today
2: secret sound uh,
0: definitely give yourself definitely give yourself a pat on the back. my favorite part of that though is the question and the answer mr.
4: president why are you losing to Trump in the polls
0: polls. (laughs) (laughs) you're reading the wrong polls smash (laughs) oh wait there's the right polls they're the ones that show the president crashing down to earth 855-940 Eight five five nine four zero. Mark is our number. Eight five five nine four zero six two seven five. Bill wanted to comment on that too. Hi, Bill. How are you? Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, we're doing great, Bill. What did hey. you think that secret sound was today?
1: Well, I, I thought it actually. I thought it was a combination of shop back and steam cleaner that was cleaning the Senate floor after this weekend. Oh there. yeah, during floor bit.
0: Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, we have. We're uh, we're gonna we're gonna get to the uh, <laughs> we're gonna get to the insurrectum. As I've been calling it, uh, thanks to uh, we had a guy we had a guy named Cowboy Don on our on our live stream this morning on locals uh, calling it an insurrectum, which I thought was just amazing. We'll get to that story here in just a few, <laughs> but, but thank you so much for reminding me, Bill. 940 Mark is our number 855-940-6275. Listen, we got we like I said we have so much to get to today. Not only are we going to do a little. Um, Not only are we going to do a little, uh, what do we call it, generation gap, which is one of my favorite games where we pit the older generation against the younger generation. We're going to delve into a lot more about what's been going on with Joe Biden. Plus, there was a big TPUSA event in Phoenix this weekend, which uh, adds some really interesting things. A lot of cursing. A lot of cursing. That's the thing. The Democrats just, they're just driving the right to curse. You know, it's versus uh, Elon Musk is out there just telling you, he's just calling it like it is. Go yourself yeah now you've got a uh, presidential primary candidate doing the same thing on stage in phoenix we'll get to that also congressman michael waltz from florida's district 6 will be here today he's uh, fresh off of Fresh off of a vote on the NDAA, fresh off of Kevin McCarthy's uh, going away party, we're going to chit-chat a little bit with him. We'll ask him maybe what he thinks about this insurrectum uh, that happened over the weekend. Anyway, so many, your phone calls, your open mic messages, there is so much more of the marcation we've just started to scratch the surface. Oh, and uh, I also went out to the middle of nowhere, Florida, to visit Hannah and her baby and I'll give you an update on how they're uh, doing as well. 855-940-MARK. Don't go anywhere. Stay right where you are. More Mark K Show coming up right after this. Mark, it's Don from Kentucky. Uh, just want to wish you and all the Catriot Nation a very Merry Christmas. And thank you for all you do. Love
5: the show. And as you use for your intro, loving it
0: oh we appreciate that we appreciate that very much i did get a uh, I did get a uh, a message from the uh Catriot outpost that we do have a lot of packages there i assume for the holidays uh, most of them probably most of them probably addressed to hannah but yeah it's okay we'll check on that uh incidentally i did go out to visit hannah and her new child uh hb they call him and I, I, I really, you know, I'd never been out to Hannah's house. Typically, I just, I try to just, you know, see her at work and then avoid her the rest of my life. Um, But I went out to her house with the, you took the wife and one of my kids and we all wanted to go see the baby and bring the baby some gifts. And we brought some, you know, donuts and stuff. It was a lot. It was really, uh, you know, a good time was had by all, but I didn't re- I knew Hannah lived in the middle of nowhere. I knew she lived like way out in the, in the back country of Florida, like in the Florida backwoods area. I knew it was a trek because She always complains about how much of a trek it is. But I didn't know really how far out there she lived until I made the journey myself. And it was like, let me just kind of give you an example. Um, When we left, we left to go see Hannah's newborn child. But when we arrived, he was just about to start school, which shows you how far away... He opened the door. He's like, "Hey, what's up? Are you Mark?" I was like, "Oh, yeah, you're walking and talking. That's wow, man. It's a long trip, huh? Out here, but, but no. But the baby was super cute. Uh, we he slept most of the time, which was fantastic. We all got to take pictures. We all got to uh, we all got to hold him, and and you know he would like sleep. I actually tried to feed him. Hannah's like, "Do you want to feed him?" Because he was getting a little fussy. I said, "Sure." So she hands me this bottle, which was ice cold. And I said, this stuff is cold. He's not going to eat it. She goes, no, he'll be fine. So I stick this cold bottle in his mouth. And, of course, he starts freaking out and spitting it up everywhere. I had to wipe it off with my hand. And I go, "Uh, yeah, first of all, you need to warm this formula up. And second, get me a towel because I spilled some on me. And that's when she reminded me, oh, it's not formula. It's breast milk. So at that point, we uh, decided to leave. We just got back before the show, incidentally, because it's so gosh darn. Gosh darn far away. Eight five five nine four zero. 940 mark is our number. 855-940-6275. But baby and mama are doing fine. And they're going to be here Friday, too. Woo-hoo.
1: We're entertaining meets informative. This show makes the listener feel like it's my show.
2: You make bad news sound good. Mark K for three hours a day. Loving it!
3: This is the Marque Show.
0: 855 940 Mark is our number. 855 940 6275 Thanks so much for joining us today, folks. We uh we really appreciate it. Incidentally, one more thing before we get to this whole before we, we get to this whole insurrectum that happened over the weekend um in the Senate Judiciary uh hearing room, which is where they they uh, confirm all of the Supreme Court justices. It's where the January 6th committee um, met to determine what happened on January 6th. It's where they have their annual, um, sorry, annual, you know, never mind. We'll get to that story in just a minute. I did want to share with you. I saw a movie this weekend that I was, you know, sometimes there's a movie that pops up and I'm like, I'm just going to avoid that one. Like the plague. And sometimes there's a movie that pops up and I'm like, you know, I'm a little curious about it. And most of the time these movies have some kind of political angle to them. Well, one of them is a movie called leave the world behind. Which, incidentally, is also the name of that uh, that uh, porn film that the staffers made in the Senate. Some get me leave the world behind. No, no it's not. It's a, It's not. Um, but basically, it's it's uh, starring Julia Roberts and uh, what's that other guy's name? The guy from Dead Poet Society, uh, not the one who dies. The other one, uh, anyway. It's, and they're a, a couple. Ethan Hawke is his name. And they're a couple that rent an Airbnb-style house from a man who is very wealthy. It's a very nice out. It's like on the outskirts of Long Island near New York city. It's on the beach. And, uh, it's played that, uh, character is played by Mahershala Ali. So when they find out there's a series of weird polit- geopolitical events and attacks that lead them to come together. And there's this underlying, uh, underlying sense of racism because the Julia Roberts character who's white doesn't believe that the Mahershala Ali character who's black could afford this luxurious mansion. Um, You know, on the outskirts of New York. But, you know, as, as the movie goes along, there's like we said, there's weird things that are happening. There's some kind of cyber attack. It appears that we're at war. There's a very interesting prepper character played by played by Kevin Bacon. He's a contractor on the island and he's also a prepper. And when the stuff goes down, guess where everybody goes to the prepper's house? That's exactly what I was, and that and that's one of the reasons why you should prep for the uh, uh, you know um unavoidable future or reality that is some kind of global disaster that's going to require you to be well prepared but at the same time you want to keep it on the hut you want to keep it hush hush because if everybody knows you've got all the food and all the water and all the medication and all the ammunition and if they know that you've got the underground bunker and the generator and the and the you know gas powered vehicles that aren't linked to the grid if they know all that about you guess the first place they're going to be coming when there's a disaster either man made or otherwise that's right they're going to be coming to your house so if you're really a if you're really good at prepping you're prepping on the dl and you don't want anybody to know what kind of a massive supply of stuff you have um when you know the world gets left behind. Anyway, the big problem with this movie was not just that there were these racial undertones or this this hint of uh, this, this you know this vein of 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 um, anti uh, you know what do you call it? like uh, I guess with a racism against different various geographical groups and and economic groups, but there's also literally a line where Mahershala Ali's daughter says something along the lines of "You can't trust white people." And that's what really made this movie pop. There's another scene where Tesla's are just, you know, driverless Tesla's are just crashing into each other one after another, which a lot of people saw as a dig by the far left um, at Elon Musk because this whole movie was produced by Barack and Michelle Obama. Barack and Michelle Obama, you know, they signed a big deal with, uh, with Netflix. They were supposed to finance and produce a whole bunch of films. This was one of them. And the interesting thing is, and I'm not going to give too much away in case you want to go watch it. But the interesting thing is that there's a character, the Mahershala Ali character in this movie, references a lot of what one might think as the new world order or deep state operatives, and talks about secrets and things that are happening that he's not supposed to know about, but because of a big client, he's privy to them. And and everyone's just asking themselves, okay, this movie is about these crazy attacks, probably the beginning of World War III. There's this one character who's deep inside the government, knows a lot of powerful people on the inside, knows who's controlling this, that, and the other, and it was produced by Barack Obama. <laughs> so everyone's like, is there, is there like a, a vein of biopic in this? Is this autobiographical in some way? It was based on a book. But uh, but basically a lot of folks, uh, in the New York Post writes, a lot of folks are wondering um, that if the Obamas are sending a warning with this movie. The movie, Leave the World Behind, is fiction, but many viewers are reading more into it, they write. The Netflix apocalyptic thriller, which came out November 22nd, stars Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, Mahershala Ali, and Kevin Bacon. The plot follows a family on vacation, yada, yada, yada. Uh, we went in through that. Uh, but a lot of folks are saying that it seems like Michelle Obama and Barack Obama may be sending a message. Other viewers interpreted the the movie as being not so fictional. One viewer wrote, Have y'all watched Leave the World Behind? I feel so uneasy because this can easily happen tomorrow. Forget tomorrow. We're pretty much on step two, someone said. Step three is coming and the Obamas are mocking all of us who don't live in the Hamptons as they warn us it's coming. That was another thought process that if you live in the Hamptons, you'll be okay. But if you live in New York City or one of these other urban metropolises, you're going to have real issues. Another nod to the elitists being better and safer than the rest of us. Um, But, you know, again, my favorite character in the whole thing was Kevin Bacon, not just because, uh, you know, I'm I'm a Footloose fan, but because he played the prepper. And I think he played the prepper fairly well, even though I understand he's kind of a liberal now. Um, it, Adam was asking me how many degrees from Kevin Bacon am I? And so I had to figure it out. I'm actually only two degrees from Kevin Bacon myself, because I once interviewed Dwayne the Rock Johnson, another big liberal on my radio show. And he was in a movie called the game plan with Kira Sedgwick, who is married to Kevin Bacon. So I guess that's three. I guess I'm three degrees from Kevin Bacon. Also, I'm bad at math. Hannah. Incidentally, is also three degrees from Kevin Bacon because Kevin Bacon was in this movie "Leave the World Behind," which was produced by Michelle Obama, who high-fived Hannah when uh, she was in high school, uh, fangirling all over her. So there you go. So, in case you're wondering, we're both uh, we're both three degrees. (laughs) We're both three degrees. From Kevin Bacon. 855-940 Mark is our number. 855-940-6275 is our number if you're uh, if you're trying to get through. Um, for whatever reason. Speaking of Barack Obama, he made a little He made a little cameo in a Joe Biden, I guess it's a campaign ad, which is weird because it seems like he's still working hand-in-hand with Joe Biden to control the world. He's still working hand-in-hand with Joe Biden to win this election in 2024. He's still trying to prop up Joe Biden, the stuffed shirt that he is, and make it seem like he's an admirable and reputable and capable leader, which he's none of the above. Uh, But Barack Obama, look, he's got some skin in the game and he's got to make sure that Joe Biden's legacy doesn't fall because it's also his legacy. Fun fact. And if Joe Biden collapses and Donald Trump comes back and the Republicans are able to do what they've wanted to do, then Barack Obama will be forgotten. Uh, And his entire everything he's done to set himself and his family and his his uh, his cronies up for the rest of their lives will just come crumbling down and crash into the ocean and just be demolished. And he'll have to start All over again. So they did this little ad, a little 30 second ad. I'm going to play it for you. And it's about Obamacare. And one of the things that happens at the very end of this week is something that a lot of folks online are calling cringeworthy. I'm going to play it's Joe Biden reading a text message at the very beginning. And then after he reads the text message, he turns to his friend Barack Obama for the answer. Listen to this
7: Hey, President Biden, is Obamacare still a thing? Is it still a thing?
0: Yes,
6: Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, Biden Care, whatever you call it. Yes, it is still a thing. The other side's been trying to repeal it every year since it's existed, but we'll keep fighting to protect it.
7: Not just protect it, but expand it, saving millions of dollars for working families, for covering more people than ever.
6: Just go to healthcare.gov
7: to learn more. Yeah, it's still a BFD. <laughs>
0: it that. <laughs> It's still a BFD. That's really what it was. So someone wrote him and said, hey, is Obamacare still a thing? Which, number one, the fact that they even need to promote Obamacare is still being a thing. It shows that, uh, you know, they're not doing a very good job with Obamacare and that the Republicans may actually have some messaging that's getting through to the American electorate. But they say, look, is Obamacare still a thing? And they end with Joe Biden saying it's still a BFD.
7: It's still a BFD.
0: And if for those of you that don't know what BFD stands for, it stands for big freaking deal. Only typically the word freaking is replaced with something less uh radio friendly. Big freaking deal, big flipping deal. You know, there's a there's another word you slide in there and uh and it 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 actually properly uh completes the sentence, but again, we can't say it because um you know, we're on the radio and we still have some important, you know, rules and guidelines to follow. Go yourself yeah, there you go elon gets it uh, so he says it's a bfd which is interesting because i'm gonna be honest with you i don't believe obamacare is a bfd i believe there's other things that are bfds that actually are being ignored by joe biden for example um let's talk about the cocaine that was found in the white house
7: it's still a bfd
0: we don't have any information, though, about whose cocaine it was, how it got there, what happened to it, or what security measures were put in place, um, and and uh, you know, law enforcement personnel tracked down, and you know, what uh, what penalties were imposed by the per- by the perpetrator. We don't know cocaine in the White House. It's still a BFD. But not according to Joe Biden. Let's also talk about the Supreme Court leaker. Do you remember the Supreme Court leaker who just so happened to leak a a a, a an early draft of a decision by Samuel Alito regarding the overturning of, of Roe v. Wade. And that set in motion a on a, a ridiculous amount of animosity nationwide that caused all kinds of all kinds of protests and rioting. There was there were disturbances outside the Supreme Court's homes. Uh, There were the uh, Supreme Court justices homes. There was one guy who flew all the way across the country to go threaten uh, Justice Kavanaugh with a knife and pepper spray and a gun wanted to do harm to him. That to me is a pretty BFD. It's
7: still a BFD.
0: But we don't know who that leaker is. We don't know. We don't know who the leaker is. We don't know uh, why they leaked it, how they got their hands on. it. We don't know any of that stuff. So Joe Biden wants you to know that Obamacare is a BFD, but there's a lot of other stuff that isn't. What about those people in Afghanistan? Not just the 13 men and women who were killed unnecessarily when the ISIS K-bomber blew up their their suicide bomb at the airport. 13 military men and women from the United States of America killed. The same ones whose flagged draped coffins came across the runway while Joe Biden checked his watch. What about the other American citizens and American soldiers? And what about those that are what about those that are that are friendly to the United States of America, who we made promises of safety to who are still stuck in Afghanistan, who are still behind enemy lines with the Taliban? And God knows what's happening to them.
7: It's still a BFD.
0: Is it still a BFD? That's a big BFD to me. I don't think it is a big BFD. To Joe Biden. There's another one. There's still hostages in Israel. Uh, there's still hostages in Israel. There's all kinds of problems at the border that the border seems like a BFD, but I don't think Joe Biden thinks it is It's still
7: a BFD. All
0: right. Well, I'd like to get that text number, whatever number they're texting you on to ask about Obamacare. I'd like that number. Because I want to know about you know inflation. It's
7: still a BFD.
0: Is it really because it's still continuing to skyrocket, even though gas prices are coming down, and we know the gas prices are coming down uh, it, as a way it manufactured by the White House around Christmas time. Because look, when the polls when the polls go down, so do the gas prices. Have you noticed that when Joe Biden's poll numbers sink below thirty percent, gas prices sink below three dollars.
7: Still a BFD.
0: Yeah. Are you still dipping into the strategic oil reserve? Is there anything left? in the strategic oil reserve because last time joe biden's poll numbers went down last time there was talk of replacing him at the top of the ticket last time americans were complaining about not being able to afford their vacations uh that's what happened they dipped into the strategic oil reserve they manufactured smaller oil or uh, cheaper oil prices for just like a week or so and then they went right back up to where they were what about all the illegal immigrants in in new york you know, that uh, that uh, the mayor of New York was on the Church of Lyontology over the weekend complaining that the president of the United States basically has abandoned big cities. Eric Adams, again, repeating, repeating his cries that it is up to the cities. Their help is not on the way. But to Joe Biden, apparently, immigration and illegal aliens and fentanyl and all the law and order and everything else that that uh, goes out the, by the wayside when these people invade the our major cities, it blue cities, by the way, in blue states. Apparently, that's no big deal. It's still a BFD. Are you sure? Because you know, actions speak a lot louder than words. Eight five five nine four zero mark is our number. Speaking of BFDs, literally, <laughs> we have to get to. We have to get. It's not funny. But it's also funny. It's it's really sad and shocking, but also it's not it's not that shocking. Uh, what happened in the Senate, or what we found out happened in the Senate, due to this leaked video of two staffers going at it, doggy style. Two male staffers going at it. You know, what would you one would say, doggy style? I, I I always giggle when when they when they're referred to as staffers and they show the video. But we'll get to you the not so gruesome details um, of what happened. Uh, how not what ha- you can. You you know what happened? Uh, How it not how it happened either. But but, you know we'll just we'll get to that in a minute. Eight five five nine four zero mark is our number. Also we have some generation gap which we'll be playing later on today. And uh, Congressman Michael Waltz will be joining us here. He's on uh, he's on Christmas break. He's back home in his district and uh, he's able to come in here and hang out. We've got a bunch of questions for him. We want to find out where Congress where this very slim congressional majority is Republican majority is going in January, if they're going to be able to get anything we want done and how quickly they'll be able to do it. 855-940-MARK is our number. Gotta take a quick break. More Marquesia is coming up right after this. This is the Mark K Show. My name's Mark K 940 Mark is our number 855 940 6275 Incidentally, there's a video making the rounds of a uh a cyber truck. It's, it's in the woods somewhere, I think in California. Somebody I mean, it's most cyber trucks are in California. It's got a Christmas tree on it, and they're driving through the woods and they got stuck. So uh some dude in a Ford F 150 looks like had to come and had to come and haul him out. Which is not that it's not the kind of you know, it is not exactly what the the kind of free advertising you want. If you're Elon Musk, the uh, week after your Cybertruck, basically, I mean, these things are popping up all over now. People are taking delivery. They're starting to pop up in all the cities and on the streets. And, you know, the people are posting video. The one guy was in Costco and he saw a Cybertruck and he just whipped out his phone, started taking video, which is one of the things I imagine you have to be prepared for. If you're ever purchasing one of these brand new vehicles, especially something as as anticipated and as unique looking as the Cyber Truck is that people are going to stare, they're going to videotape, they're going to come up and talk to you. If you're an introvert, do not buy a Cyber Truck because you're just going to get bombarded with people uh, constantly asking you questions, wanting to take photos. Um, and in this instance, <laughs> there's there's video that went viral of this Cyber Truck stuck in the mud and the F-150 coming and pulling it out. Um, and I can't I can't verify for sure, but it looks like the F-150 is gas powered. Could be an F-250. I'm not even from this thing, but it's working. It's doing the trick. It's able to pull that Cybertruck out. So again, not the best message uh, for Elon Musk this holiday season. Go f- yourself. I mean, look, sorry, dude. The video, you know, picture says picture. Picture says a thousand words. Eight five five nine four O Mark is our number. Incidentally, I never got any word um, about my Cybertruck when I put down my deposit. Again, the only reason I would ever, ever even consider driving one is for the speed something ridiculous like zero to 60 in 2.97 seconds or something like that which is great because the older you get the less time you have so you want to drive faster and faster i don't understand these old people that drive slowly i'm like dude you really don't have that much time you should really get where you're going a lot faster uh because you never know you never know 855-940 mark is our number listen we got to take a quick break when we get back uh we're going to delve into the insurrectum at the capitol building uh what happened uh, what what you won't believe what one of these dudes who was involved in this in this man love escapade in our Senate uh, building you won't believe what one of them is saying on Instagram about the event and who he's blaming. <laughs> it's not. It's, I mean, you probably will believe it actually, because you know liberals. 855 940 Mark. Don't go anywhere. More Mark K. show coming up right after this.
1: Where entertaining meets informative This show makes the listener feel like it's my show You make bad news sound good
2: Mark K for three hours a day Loving
8: it!
3: This is the Mark K Show
0: Eight five five nine four zero 940 mark is our number, Eight five five nine four zero six two seven five. Thanks so much for joining us today, folks. We are so excited that you're here. We're so excited that you joined us on this Monday. Our last broadcast week of the year, we're off for Christmas next week, and then we come back uh, right after New Year. So very, very jam-packed, very exciting day, very exciting week. Uh, Hannah's reportedly coming in with the baby on Friday, and we're going to do our we're going to do our white supremacist elephant gift exchange, which we always we always look forward to. Uh, it's a it's a way for us to involve everybody in a little Christmas uh, back and forth. Last year, Hannah seemed to be the big winner. So maybe we'll try to maybe we'll try to make someone else the big winner. Um, she got the boots that she actually bought for herself. So luckily she's not involved in any of the gift purchasing this year. So hopefully we'll be able to we'll be able to make it a little more even, Stephen. Eight five five nine four oh Mark is our number. All right, let's talk a little bit about the let's get down to the nitty gritty. To, the, to what's been going on at the White House, the Capitol Building, in the Senate Judiciary Meeting Room, it—I gotta be honest with you—it is—it is really, really bizarre just how 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 decency has flown out the window under Joe Biden. But when you embrace this kind of debauched lifestyle, when you have no moral compass, when you pretend to be a Christian and a Catholic, and when you when you uh, when you bolster philosophies that just don't make any sense about gender and sexuality, and when you allow people to to uh, parade around in front of children and, and, you know, at the White House and everywhere else. You're, you know, it's just, it's a slippery slope. It's just as soon as you let one thing happen, more and more things happen. And all of a sudden you're living in Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, the White House is Sodom and the Capitol building is apparently Gomorrah. Because over the weekend we found out a video was leaked of Senate staffers. Again, that always makes me giggle. um, Being engaged in gay male intercourse in a Senate hearing room. And one of the staffers who's more visible on the, uh, I'll just say he's more visible on the, well, you could, the one you can see from the POV. Uh, his name is Aiden Mays Cheropsky, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, he was fired. He worked for Senator Ben Cardin. Ben Cardin is from Maryland. I believe Ben Cardin is retiring at the end of his uh at the end of next year. But Ben Cardin is a senator from Maryland, a Democrat, and his staffer, a Democrat, was released. They they this video was released of the two of them, fairly naked. I mean, it looks like they're just buck naked, and they're in this Senate room, and they're doing what men consulting males do in a kind of pornographic environment, and they're videotaping it. And they actually, you know, the from the little clip that I saw, I mean, that's not a I'm not I'm not judging I'm just saying it was a it was a brief clip uh, that I saw. Not only are they in the room photographing themselves, doing whatever it is they're doing, but they also make sure they pan around so that everybody watching knows that they're doing it in a location that is sacrosanct. That is that is one of the the I mean it is one of the inside institute. They're inside one of the most coveted and and respected institutions in our nation. In fact, at least they were until it was defiled by their disgusting. Homosexual act. Um, Aiden mays Choropsky has been fired, as we said before. Uh, ben Cardin's office said we will have no further comment on this personnel matter. Now, the interesting thing about this is that mays Choropsky put up a post on LinkedIn. <laughs> afterward, saying, well, I'll just read it to you. He wrote, this has been a difficult time for me. I saw the video and I can concur, that looks like. Anyway, um, as I have been attacked as I have been attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. Okay, let me stop right there. So as most liberals do when they're caught in a disgusting act like this, they're blaming the right. This is a guy who, again at some point made a plan. This wasn't just an act or an accident. This was something you have to plan out. You have to know that you're going to stumble into a Senate room with another guy that you'd like to have intercourse with and perform intercourse in that Senate hearing room. That's not something that just is a heat of the moment type thing. This is one of the most secure buildings, or at least it was at one point, one of the most secure buildings uh, in the country. To And this is a big, large open room that is that is utilized by a lot of senators and their staffers on a regular basis, so this had to be carefully orchestrated and pre-planned. But now he's saying that this is being used to pursue a political agenda. Also, he's saying he's being attacked for who he loves. I don't know, if love is the. I mean, I would say lust is probably more um, a better word for this. Again, if you love somebody, maybe there's there's more of a romantic video. Maybe there's kissing and hugging and that. You don't necessarily tape porno films in in office buildings um where you know the uh, the highest leaders of the land do their business uh he went on to say well some of my actions in the past have shown poor judgment which is probably one of the biggest understatements uh anyone has ever written i love my job well clearly i saw the video oh maybe probably a different kind of job never mind and would never disrespect my workplace any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated, and I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. Now, this is this is kind of a cut-and-dry case to me. Again, I'm no lawyer, but it seems to me that anyone saying, hey, uh, it looks like this guy was having some hanky-pank with another guy in what appears to be the Senate Judiciary Room. I mean, that's not really—I don't feel like that's defamatory. I don't feel like that's slander. I feel like that's just the facts. But NBC News— is covering all their bases unlike these these two staffers they wrote senate staffer alleged by conservative outlets to have had sex in a hearing room is no longer employed senate staffer alleged by conservative outlets to have had sex in a hearing room is no longer employed i want to know why first of all it's just conservative outlets that are alleging that why democrat outlets aren't alleging that either and why uh since the guy's been fired by Ben Cardin, since we have video footage that shows his anatomy, and since he wrote this, uh, since he wrote this on LinkedIn, well, I mean, th- do all signs not point to this happening? Is it still an alleged incident, and is it just a way for is it just a way for the liberals to try once again to blame the conservatives? Now, the interesting thing about this is that the Democrats, again, they always accuse their adversaries of that which they are of guilty themselves they accused donald trump of being a sexist they accused donald trump of being disgusting they said that if donald trump gets to the white house it's just going to be one of the most most horrible experiences everything man has no decency well joe biden in fact joe biden campaigned on decency being on the ballot i don't know if you remember this but uh, this guy named western lensman put this little put this little uh, you know clip together
7: character is on the ballot compassion is on the ballot. Decency, science, democracy, they're all on the ballot. Who we are as a nation, what we stand for, and most importantly, who we want to be, that's all on the ballot. How old are you, 17? And the choice could not be more clear.
0: And of course, while that's playing, while the clips of Joe Biden talking about decency and character and who we want to be are playing, with the one clip of him asking a six-year-old girl if she's 17, um, but there's, there's images in the background images of of depraved individuals who have who have done things that are illegal immoral that most americans would agree are disgusting and and contrary to the kind of national decency that joe biden uh promised he would bring back to washington dc not that it ever left uh interestingly enough it always seems to be the democrats doesn't it do you remember when do you remember when president bill clinton had uh, oral sex with a a woman named Monica Lewinsky in the Oval Office and was busted by the Drudge Report, lied about it to the American people, then came back and said, I did actually have sexual relations with that woman, making him not just a sex maniac, an adulterer, but also a big, fat, uh, stinking liar. And that's why he... That's why the impeachment went forward against uh, against President Clinton. Well, again, now here we are with Joe Biden. And while Joe Biden's not doing it, he's allowing everybody else to. And if you watch that clip that was put together, um, you can see there's a whole bunch of. First of all, let's just talk about Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, whose laptop revealed very disgusting images of himself with crack cocaine, himself with prostitutes of various different nationalities, uh, himself naked, like really na- like buck naked. Um, in fact, I think that's one of his code names. You know, they've all, they've all got code names when they like, there's, you know, Robert Peters is Joe Biden. I think buck naked is one of Hunter, but I don't know that for sure. That's just speculation on my part, but there's pictures of him naked with a gun. There's pictures of him naked doing crack. There's pictures of him naked with M&Ms on his male genitalia, all kinds of really weird, bizarre things. And that's the president's very own son, but he's going to bring decency back to the white house. There was cocaine found in the white house and a little locker. Never before has cocaine been found at the White House that we know of. I mean, maybe it was found during the Clinton years and Bill was just like, hey, Monica, let's go in the Oval Office and take care of whatever's in this little baggie. Maybe they just didn't report it back then. But cocaine was found in the White House and we still have not been told whose cocaine it was. You've got Sam Britton. Remember, Sam Britton worked in the Energy Department. Sam Britton was a cross-dressing transvestite and Sam Britton was also a thief. Stole bags, women's luggage from airports got busted wearing their clothing uh, at photo shoots, Was, was shown wearing a gown that he stole from a suitcase at the airport, and that's how he got busted and arrested and charged and fired from the White House. Yeah, but and, and the list goes on and on Rose Montoya. Rose Montoya was the transvestite who was there at the White House celebrating Pride Month, uh, doing TikTok videos, meeting with President Biden, and then stripping off her top and letting her hoo-haws flap around in uh, in the breeze. Are we top this at the White House? She was banned permanently from the White House after that, but it didn't matter. She'd already gone to the White House. She'd already taken down her top. She'd already let the tatas fly. It was it was Hooterville all over again. And that was under Joe Biden's. That was under Joe Biden's uh, presidency. There were twerking Easter bunnies. There was the weird Nutcracker suite that Jill Biden put out there last week. It is just insanity how much of Joe Biden's presidency has been marred by these weird, bizarre sexual acts. And now you have these staffers, Aiden Mays, Choropsky and the one who has not yet been identified. Although I don't know how you identify that guy. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know how you identify. I just don't know. As far as I know, he hasn't been uh, identified yet. And he's not only was he defiling the Senate sanctuary, the inner sanctum, if you will. um, But he's also now not really apologetic for it and is blaming the right and is blaming Republicans and is blaming conservative news media outlets and saying they're using this. This has been a difficult time for me as I've been attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. This is not homophobia. This is not anti-LGBTQ stuff. This is you're disgusting. If this is you, you're disgusting for doing this. Now we, you've 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 basically put another black mark on the Democrat Party. You put another black mark on uh, the Senate's office, and you've and you've made it even more difficult. I was gonna say harder, but again, it's really it's really difficult to choose my words during this story without without just anyway. You're making it harder again for joe biden or any democrat to get reelected, not like i care hey make it as hard as you want for them uh the harder the better it, it, you know what it, i'm just talking about the election still i said election just checking um but i mean that's the that's the fact of the matter is that every single time one of these things happens a the left tries to normalize it they try to normalize it like showing your breasts that the white house is just part of your pride like, like, like having uh, gay sex with a man in the Senate uh, subcommittee room is, uh, I th- you know what that is? That's just love and it should be celebrated, but instead it's being condemned. Yes, I've made bad choices in the past, but I've never disrespect. This isn't disrespectful to the workplace, is it not? I didn't see any Clorox wipes popping up after this whole thing. I didn't see anyone cleaning uh, the area afterward. I didn't say, hey, look, we we don't want to disrespect the workplace, so we're going to make sure that we come in here and we really, we cleanse it with antibacterial wipes and we want to make sure that we, uh, we make sure that everything's, you know, all the bio fluid has been dissolved, or whatever it is. That didn't happen. There's clearly disrespect for the workplace. There's clearly disrespect for the Senate. There's clearly disrespect for the United States of America. And again, I don't know if you would call this love, but if you Googled If you Googled love films, I don't think this would, I don't think this would pop up eight. And again, pop-ups probably the worst. 8559. I'm just gonna stop talking about this. 855-940 Mark is our number. Eight five five nine four zero six two seven five. 940 6275 We we have to take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but coming up, we got more of your phone calls, more open mic messages. We are gonna do some um, we are gonna do some generation gap here in just a minute, too. So prepare for that. You and we'll you know what? We'll tease that a little early because we need somebody who's 60 years of age and older, which is easy to find. What's difficult is somebody who's 30 years of age or younger. We need one of each to play. So if you're 30 years of age or younger and you'd like to play Generation Gap, give us a buzz now because we're going to do it in just a minute. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-6275. Quick break. More Mark K Show coming up right after this. Arcade 55940. I was glancing up at one of our. I think it was our Rumble stream during the uh, during the last conversation we were having about these uh, staffers, and there were a lot of a lot of like you know they were having a staff meeting. How's it going? That was a good one. Uh, Eight That was very funny. Eight five five nine four zero. Mark. Listen, it just seems like there's a total degradation of our society. It just seems like every single time I turn around, things are getting worse and worse and worse. It's either sexual or profane. I mean, you've got Elon Musk, the richest man in the world. He's at a he's at a he's at a symposium with the New York Times, and they asked about advertisers that don't want to advertise because they want to bury Twitter or X or whatever, and he said this. Go yourself vivek ramaswamy who's running for president he uh, he was at the tbosa event in phoenix over the weekend and he was talking about van jones remember when van jones called him a demagogue
1: and the smug condescending way that he just spews this poison out yeah. is very very dangerous because he won't stop trump but he's going to outlive trump by about 50 years and you're watching the rise of an american demagogue that is a very, very despicable person, yeah. and I, I, I literally—I I, was—I was shaking listening to him talk.
0: I was shaking listening to him talk. The rise of an American demagogue. Well, he—he he mentioned that, and he had a response for Van Jones at TPUSA over the weekend. You
8: got this character Van Jones on CNN afterwards saying, "This is the rise of an American demagogue who's going to live 50 years longer than Trump. This is dangerous. I am shaking. That's what he says." <laughs> just shut the fuck up <laughs> at a certain point just shut the
0: fuck up that's exactly it. That it's Vivek Ramaswamy at uh, TPUSA making comments toward... let's it's getting it's getting it's getting rough out there folks you can't have a thin skin. You can't just sit around shaking like Van Jones does. You've got to be able to get out there, and uh, you've got to be able to, you know, man up and uh, and take some. You know, you've got to take some hits, and you've also got to be able to to throw some punches. Shut the f- up. Eight five five nine four mark is our number. Coming up here in just a minute. Uh, I love politics in 2024. Eight five five nine four zero mark We need two contestants. One 60 years of age or older. One 30 years of age or younger. We're going to play some Generation Gap in just a minute on the Mark K Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
1: We're entertaining meets informative. This show makes the listener feel like it's my show.
2: You make bad news sound good. Mark K For three hours a day? Loving
3: it! This is the Markay Show. This is the
0: Markay Show. My name's Markay. 855-940-MARK is our number. Incidentally, we've had some people uh, trying to get the untold story of Christmas in time for the reading, which is going to be on Friday as part of our Christmas celebration. We're going to do our annual telling of the untold story of Christmas, which this year is available in book form. Uh, however, a lot of people have been asking me if I order today, can you guarantee delivery by Christmas? And the answer is absolutely not. <laughs> it's like it's like the month. Christmas is next Monday, and the post office is already backed up. UPS is already trying to hire more drivers. FedEx is like, well, we're there's no guarantee that you're even going to get things overnighted. So you want to make sure that, uh, that you know. I mean, there's a couple ways to do it. You can you can order a copy, and it'll hopefully be there not too far after Christmas. Um, there's also a digital downloadable copy and also the audiobook read by the author. So you can get all of those, again, at The Untold Story of Christmas. It's still worth having because... The best thing about Christmas books is you bring them out every single year, especially this one, because we've designed it to be not just uh, a great read and a, an inspirational tale, but also a beautiful decoration that you can display on your table or, or you know, around your Christmas tree or wherever you want to have it on your bookshelf um, at holiday time. So even though it's not going to come before Christmas, I mean, it may, but that would take a miracle, uh, you can still get a copy at the theuntoldstoryofchristmas.com. And if you get the digital download and or audiobook, it's delivered instantly to you. The Untold Story of Christmas.com. 855-940-MARK as our number. Before we get to the game, we got Chris on the line from Orlando. Hi, Chris. How are you? Thanks for calling the Mark K Show.
6: Good afternoon, Mark. How are you doing?
0: Oh, doing well, Chris. How are you?
6: Great, great. I love listening to you on Rumble and uh, keeps me busy throughout the day. Oh, good. I'm so um, glad.
0: Thanks for doing that. Yeah, what's on your mind, sir? What would you want to say you, today?
6: Well, the last segment you had about the uh, the, the Senate conference room, uh, maybe you could call that Stanky Panky okay. instead of Hanky Panky.
0: No, I... Thank you.
6: It, thank you, thank you very much, and uh, uh, the um, you were talking in a, in a break earlier about being on on a wait list for or you, you put a deposit for the the Cybertruck. Yeah, I think it was, back, think
0: it was also, back in nineteen. I think it was back in two thousand nineteen that we put down our deposit. It's now two thousand twenty-three, almost almost twenty-four. Yeah,
6: I've I've noticed that for the higher elements of our society, you are you've been waitlisted on a couple of different occasions, and, and including the to a, a prestigious law school. Is yeah. are there a, a conference or a coincidence there
0: yeah you're right i was I, i'm not a lawyer but i was waitlisted by one of the finest law schools in the country and i'm not a cyber truck owner uh i have been waitlisted by one of the richest men in the world as well but i don't know you're right maybe maybe i'm on some kind of horrible watch list where people are just like you know let's string him along and make him think he's cooler than he is uh but the, the sad truth is i'm not and chris i appreciate you pointing that out for sure hey thanks you got it. They, Thanks for keeping it real. Eight five five nine four zero Mark is our number. You know, Mark, you're really uh, getting the shaft from everybody. Oh, uh, which reminds me, that story you just did about the Senate staffer. You know what? Eight five five nine four zero Mark is our number. Let's get to the let's get to the game, shall we? Let's play something that we love to play. A little game we call uh, what do we call this? Oh yeah, generation gap. No, that's the wrong button. There it is. There we go.
4: Generation Gap. This is
0: a game we stole from television. It was hosted first, I believe, by uh, by Kelly Ripa. Uh, but it was such a great game, we thought we'd uh, you know, we thought we'd use it for our own program, and it's been quite a hit so far. Now, before we begin, we need a couple of contestants, and since this game is called Generation Gap, we need two contestants with a gap in age. We're looking for somebody who's 60 years of age and or older. We're looking for somebody who is uh 30 years of age and or younger. If you're between the ages of 30 and 60, feel free to listen along. But this game is not for you to participate uh in live. 855940 Mark is our number. Looks like we've got looks like we've got uh Sean in Oklahoma. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Sean, are you over sixty or are you under thirty? <laughs> I'm over sixty. You're over sixty, and are you on some kind of hands-free telephone device? I am. Could you come off of the hands-free yes. telephone device and just hold the phone to your your head, please? I sure will. Yeah. Hang just a second. Oh, okay, great. I appreciate pull it. Oh. Off. Yeah, no, we need to. Uh, we need new uh, Bluetooth and speaker phones and that kind of thing don't really work very well uh, in this scenario. You're going to be playing against. It looks like Ryan. There you
4: go How's that.
0: Oh, that's way better. That's way, Now you sound much younger. I love it. Hey. What was that. You're gonna be uh, you're gonna be playing against Ryan in Ohio. Ryan, are you under the age of thirty?
6: I'm 25.
0: Oh, that would that would be a yes. That's great, <laughs> fantastic. All right. uh, Ryan, thanks so much for being here. So here's what's gonna happen, Ryan. Here's what's gonna happen, Sean. Well, I'm gonna ask you guys questions about each other's generation. So, Sean, I would ask you a question that someone from Sean's generation might know the answer to, and vice versa. If you get it right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, the other person gets a chance to steal the point. Whoever has the most points at the end of the game will be uh, will be deemed our winner today. Now, the winner will receive either a Mark K. Show prize pack or an, an autographed copy of The Untold Story of Christmas. I should point out, neither of those prizes will arrive before Christmas. <laughs> I just want to make that, make, make that abundantly clear. Uh, so, Sean, Ryan, do you guys have any questions before we begin? No, I'm good. Okay, good. Sean, we're going to start with you. Are you ready? Sure. Here we go. This is your first question. Remember, this is a question that someone from Ryan's generation might know the answer to. Uh, Sean, what does SMH stand for? Doesn't it mean shake my head? Well, I'm asking the questions here. You give me the answer. Oh, it means shake my head. Shake my head or shaking my head is correct. <laughs> Man, right? That's exactly right. S M H. Something we do a lot of around here, especially when we're watching CNN. Uh, nice job. You got yourself you got you got yourself a point. Ryan, are you ready for your first one? I'm ready. All right, here we go, Ryan. Listen carefully and tell us the answer to this uh, question. In the 1982 movie E T., what did E T. stand for?
6: Extraterrestrial.
0: That is E.T. <laughs> e. the extraterrestrial. Woo-hoo. Hey, woo, yeah, he wanted to phone home. Want to phone home. <laughs> Which now is totally obsolete. Now he'd want to text home. Or you <laughs> know, or what's <or laughs> WhatsApp his parents or anyway. Anyway, all right. Uh Sean, you have a point. Ryan, you have a point. You guys are doing great so far, Sean. Here is your next question. Are you ready? Yep. What hard seltzer brand did America face a shortage of in 2019? Zima? Which hard seltzer brand did America face a shortage of in 2019? Your guess is Zima.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm not a drinker.
0: Yeah, no, clearly. Uh, Yeah, no, That I'm sorry. That is not correct. Zima, I think... We've had a shortage of Zima since 1989, I think. Uh, Ryan, do you know the answer? Which, which hard seltzer brand did America face a shortage of in 2019?
6: Well, I am a drinker, and my favorite is White Claw. So I'm <laughs> going to go ahead and guess White Claw.
0: That is correct. Ooh. I am a drinker, and I love – what's your favorite flavor, Ryan.
6: Of White Claw, it's the Ruby Grapefruit.
0: The Ruby Grapefruit. All right. You know, I was at a football game a couple weeks back, and there was a dude tailgating, and he finished a White Claw, and he crushed the can on his head, which I'd never <laughs> seen anyone do. I thought it was a little, a little, a little stereotype. Yeah, interesting dichotomy there. Yeah, it really, it really got it had me scratching my head for sure. All right, uh, Sean. I'm sorry, Ryan. Back to you. You can uh, you stole that one. Now the next question is also for you. Listen carefully, uh, Ryan. In, oh, hold on. Wait a second. Oh, here we go. Who was the first female justice appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court in 1981?
6: I'm gonna have to say Ruth Bader Ginsburg.
0: I'm I'm sorry, that is incorrect. She seems like she was the first because she was so damn old, uh, but she wasn't. Sean, uh-huh. the same say question. I'm sorry. Sandra Day O'Connor That is correct Sandra Day O'Connor Oh darn And okay. she was the first woman Appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court In 1981 We are all tied up And Sean
4: She, she just passed away, Ryan So Yeah You know It yep. was a big deal When she when, You know When she got on the Supreme Court Ruth Bader Ginsburg Was actually the second woman On the Supreme Court
6: I got gotcha. you. There you go
0: Alright, good Alright, right, a little history With Sean there Sean, are you ready For your next question? Yep Alright, Sean what do the plastics wear on Wednesdays?
4: Heck up, I know.
0: What do the plastics <laughs> wear a on plastic,
4: A plastic uh, domed hat? What do the
0: plastics wear on Wednesdays? Your guess is a plastic domed hat. Yep. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Ryan, you have a chance to steal. What do the plastics wear on Wednesdays?
6: Well, on Wednesdays, we wear pink.
0: And we drink that ruby grapefruit white claw probably, too. No, I'm just kidding.
6: Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Ryan, you got yourself another point. And uh, and, uh, here we go. You can also wait a while. Let me just make sure. Yeah. Uh, All right. Here we go. And you can also uh, you also get the next question. Here we go. Listen carefully. Uh, What was the name of the leather jacket-wearing greaser who could play the jukebox just by hitting it in the show Happy Days?
6: Oh, uh, is it it the Fonz?
0: Is it the Fonz? We also would have accepted Fonzie or Arthur Fonzarelli. Ah. Yeah, that is correct. Okay, yeah, cool. All uh, All of those are correct answers. Nicely done, Ryan. You got yourself another point. Okay, Sean, here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Listen carefully. On what social media app was the hashtag first used to denote different subjects as we use it today? MySpace? MySpace? No. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. (laughs) Incorrect. Ryan, on what social media app was the hashtag... Uh, first used to denute, denote categories or subjects as it is used today.
6: Well, I think that one would be Twitter.
0: We would have also accepted X, which is its current name. That is right. That is right. All I right. thought
4: about saying that. Yeah. And I thought,
0: no, it might be MySpace. No, you know what? They were the first ones with the hashtags and the at symbols. And then everyone else just started to my MySpace was the one with your uh, top eight. That was your top yeah. eight. Anyway, all right, Ryan, back to you. Listen carefully. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. What was the name of the sound-activated switch sold during the 1980s that could turn your electrical appliances on and off just by making a noise?
6: Was it called clap-on?
0: I'm sorry, that is incorrect. That is incorrect. Sean, do you know the name of the sound-activated switch sold in the 1980s that you could turn on your electrical appliances with just by making a noise?
4: The Clapper?
0: The Clapper is the correct name, yes. Oh, what? (laughs) Yeah, but you know, I could see how that was difficult, because in the actual ads, they would say clap on. Yes,
6: clap on, clap clap off, off. yeah. Yeah.
0: But it was the Clapper was the name of the actual device. All right. All right, you guys, this is a tight game. Sean, are you ready for the next one? Sure. Here we go. Listen carefully. Tell us uh, the answer to this question. Okay. This is a good one. This is a, I'm, I'm excited about this one. Uh, what does the Where's slang go? term slay mean? What is what? What does the slang term slay mean?
4: Okay, now are you talking S-L-E-I-G-H? No,
0: no, no. It's S-L-A-Y. I'll use it in a sentence. Oh, okay. that slays. Oh.
4: Okay, say that again.
0: That slays, S L A Y S. Yes.
4: Okay. To slay. Um, Okay. I know this one. Okay. Hang on, just uh, it's. Hang on.
0: Hang on while I text my daughter.
4: No. (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs)
0: What does the slang term "slay" mean, Sean?
4: Uh.
0: Five seconds.
4: Doesn't it uh, three uh, two? Does it mean uh, it's done it's done well done exceptionally well? Somebody <laughs> Some, who kills it. <laughs> that's, that's, you know? Somebody Googled it, for, no. for, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> no. Yes. It's, no. I actually to do no, something do that one.
0: to do something exceptionally well or to kill like it you is slay right. blame me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like
4: you slay me. Yeah. yeah you yeah. you
0: slayed that 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 chemistry test. By getting 100 on yeah. it. Very nicely done. All right, Ryan, here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here I'm ready. ready. All right, listen carefully. Uh, tell us the answer to this musical question. Please, Ooh. please name. Oh, hold on. Wait a no, Hold on. I have it right here. Uh, please name the band. Please name the band heard here. Listen carefully.
6: Alrighty, that would be uh, Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin.
0: Led Zeppelin is your answer. Oh, yep. I
4: can't believe he got it. Yeah. That
0: is correct. Wow, which means with a score of, ooh, two more than Sean, you're a big winner today, Ryan. Nicely done. Awesome. I will have to say, though, Sean, you, you slayed that whole thing you did a great job as well and we appreciate you being part of the show we appreciate you calling in too and we hope you have a very merry christmas ryan we're going to give you your choice of a mark k show prize pack or a copy autographed of the untold story of christmas neither one of which will arrive before probably not even before new year's at this point but let me know which one you'd like
6: Well, as a mailman, I can confirm either one will arrive before Christmas, and I'll go ahead and take the uh, book.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yay, we appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for your service during this busy holiday season. Uh, If you would like a copy of The Untold Story of Christmas, either signed or unsigned, please go to theuntoldstoryofchristmas.com. Quick break. We will be right back. This is the Mark K Show. My name is Mark K. 940 Mark is our number, 855-940-62. That's one of my I always forget how much I love that game, the generation gap. Uh, how much fun it is to play. And um, you know, and it and it's really interesting to show just how much of a difference a couple of decades makes. You know, there's, there's questions like a lot of people know the answers to from, you know, back in the 70s and 80s. If it, if it was a question about Michael Jackson, it might be easier than something else. But it is, uh, you know, 20, 30 years. It's, a you know, a, a lot of differences can be made in 20 or 30 years. Look, for example, at the difference between Reaganomics and Bidenomics. <laughs> you know, for example, Reaganomics was, uh, was a very, at the time, controversial because of Democrats, because it cut taxes. And Democrats hate cutting taxes. To them, that's controversial. Uh, now you have Bidenomics where... I'm not even sure what it means. It's just that everyone's worse off. Their money doesn't go as far. They can't afford anything. And there's not many jobs. And the jobs that they do have don't pay as well. And also, if you own a house, guess what? The uh, the value of that home is de- deteriorating faster than your income increases. And nobody seems to have any reason, uh, you know, any way to fix it. So that's kind of Bidenomics. Very different than Reaganomics. And and not every president has an omics. For example, some president's names just don't, you know, like like right? Bushynomics wouldn't be a very... That's not a very good term. So I I think that's maybe why they... Why they bypass it. Anywho, uh, listen, coming up in just a minute, we're very excited to have uh, Congressman Mike Waltz here. He's from Florida's District 6. And it's been a very busy year for Congress. They're done now. They're on vacation, which is why he's back here in Florida. And uh, he's going to swing by here in just a minute. We're going to chit chat with him. We have some questions we want to ask about some of the things that passed. We'll talk, oh, you know what? We'll ask about George Santos a little bit. We'll also talk about um, what's going on in the next year because when they get back, there's a lot of people who are going to be expecting them to do a lot of things. And uh, we hope that they can get to all of them in the midst of what is also going to be a very tumultuous and exciting election year. Uh, We'll chat with the good congressman about all of that here in just a minute. Also, we'll get some of your phone calls and open mic messages as well. 855-940-MARK is our number. 855-940-6275. Quick break, folks, but don't go anywhere. We have way more. I'm talking way more Mark K. Show coming up, and you're not going to want to miss a minute of it. It all starts right after this.
1: Where entertaining meets informative. This show makes the listener feel like it's my show. You make bad news sound good.
2: Mark K for three hours a day. (laughs)
3: Loving
0: it!
2: This
3: is the Marquet Show.
0: 85940 Mark is our number. 85940-6275 is the number if you're trying to get through. We'll get some of your phone calls here uh, in just a minute. If there's anything we've neglected to mention, or if we've talked about something and you're like, I gotta talk about it. there's something I need to say that you've totally neglected to say, Marquet, you can give us a buzz. 85 940 The other thing you can do, which is kind of fun, is you can leave us an open mic message on any one of our Catriot Radio Network Radio Station mobile apps. And uh, that way we'll get it here in the studio and you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to to hear yourself on the radio and I won't be able to in- interrupt you. So that's very that's very exciting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining us right now, we're very happy to have one of our favorite congressional representatives from Florida's District Six, a man who just I mean, when did you get back from Washington? Wait, hey, wait, wait. One of your favorite? Oh, sorry, pardon me. Say that again. The favorite? I'm sorry, I meant the, the favorite. favorite. Okay, Wait, thank hold you. On. I'm having a little issue with the microphones. I got to fix that. All right, yeah, the favorite con- uh, congressman from District Six is what is what I was going to say. Uh, Mike Waltz joins us. Hello. How are you? Hey. Yeah, yeah. You know, hey. Well, I mean, there's there's fewer people here because Hannah's gone, so um, there's there's fewer problems. people to actually. When?
8: That's why you're having microphone problems.
0: I don't know. I've, I don't know. It's, it'll be fine. Uh, so anyway, my question to you is: first of all, how are things?
8: Good. I'm not in D.C. Yeah. And that yeah, uh, did you hear what? it's a low bar?
0: Did you did you hear what happened over the weekend with this tape that was uh, I, And I know you're in the House of Representatives. And we want to make
8: that clear. But the Senate's yeah. right next door. Uh, how does something like that happen to you? Well, think? so first, uh, you know, my my brother in law just kind of sticks this video in front of me. <laughs> which I can't. Yeah. Which I can't unsee now. Yeah, it's yeah. literally disgusting. Uh, and then, secondly, it didn't say Senate. So my next thought was, whoa, was that one of my hearing rooms? Right. You know, do I need to get out my bleach wipes? I mean, they
0: have people that go in and clean that. Like, there's disinfectant. But you and know, stuff, what? Right?
8: but in a serious note, you remember, uh, you know, Doctor Jill Biden. Mm, I do. Yes. Doctor mm. uh, talked about putting decency back into government. Correct. And, you know, ran that as a kind of a campaign slogan. Mm-hmm. Yet yeah, you have Hunter with porn videos everywhere. You've got cocaine uh, just mysteriously showing up at yeah. the White House, and then you've got this kind of stuff of you know, literally people having sex uh, uh, in hearing rooms. Two dudes, two dudes, yeah, two dudes right. having sex and, in a hearing and room, filming it. And this is again because and this, this is, is decency and character and, you know, and, and character all that kind and of stuff. All that. Yeah,
0: this and is apologize. though to me interesting because it's the Capitol building, and I would have thought that it's difficult to expose yourself in that kind of a setting without anybody knowing about. It. I mean no one would have known about this until I got posted on the internet.
8: I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, but I guess I guess not. <laughs> right. But you know the other thing that that just uh, if this had been a Republican staffer mm. from a conservative Republican member Yeah. headline news, every major news outlet, mainstream media all over the place. I and mean, yeah. this is, you know, but for them posting that on the video. Did you just say, butt? No for intended, oh, no, okay, all no right. pun intended. <laughs>
0: Uh, Congressman Mike Waltz from District 6. Now it's been a very it's been a very busy, it's been a very busy few months. You had, of course, uh, Kevin McCarthy getting vacated. You had the the four rounds of voting until Mike Johnson became the speaker unanimously. How is he doing, by the way, in your opinion? What's his, because, you know, a lot of people go back and forth. It's kind of like a roller coaster of emotion (sighs) with Mike Johnson. There were some things people were really happy about, things they weren't really happy about. Yeah.
8: Well, look, first, it's Damn near an impossible job. Yeah, of course. I mean, talk to any manager, any leader. When you've got 222 direct reports, mm-hmm. any one of which can fire you at yeah. any given day. I wish I had that in my contract. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. I was like, you know yeah. what? I'll work for you, but I'd like the option to just say goodbye to you. When at I any, don't like whenever at anything. any yeah, moment yeah, yeah, yeah. vacated.
8: So there's that. We're fighting three against one. Uh, we're fighting against House Democrats, mm-hmm. Senate Democrats, mm-hmm. half the time Senate Republicans, mm-hmm. uh, and and the entire administration. So there's that. I, look, I, I I've sat next to Mike Johnson in uh, in the Armed Services Committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he is there absolutely for the right reasons. He's a good man. He's got an impossible job uh, because the moderates have now seen, hey, when when conservatives don't like something, yeah, they object, they obstruct until they get their way. Now the moderates are doing the same thing, which means. It, it's tough.
0: They're playing by the same playbook they're that the by conservative the same, caucus played. They're
8: playing by the same playbook. The, yeah. that's and it. we have by the way we have 18 members in our conference that were that are in districts that Biden won. Yeah. Uh in in 2020 they want to get reelected so we can keep the majority. So it's it's a hell of a balancing act he's got.
0: Let's talk about the majority. You did not vote to expel George Santos. He, yeah. got, he got expelled no. anyway, though, no. and now Kevin McCarthy's gone. We got a couple of potential other vacancies. How much harder does that make everyone's job when you guys come back?
8: I mean, we're at a one, two seat yeah. majority now. It's tough. It's tough, number one. And number two, I didn't vote for uh, to expel Santos because we've had five people expelled right. in the history of the House of Representatives, three for treason and two that were convicted mm-hmm. for crimes. Uh, he hasn't been convicted. Everybody deserves their day in court. It certainly looks really bad. Uh, what he did, but everybody deserves their day in court. How many times have we seen something look really bad? And then right. the other side of the story is told.
0: And the danger I think now is everyone saying, well, a if, if you get a bad ethics committee report, all of a sudden you can get expelled. You got it. And we know that a bad ethics committee report that could always be politicized.
8: Gee, you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just in Washington. I mean I'm yeah. just I'm just right? double checking. So, we'll yeah. talk
0: to Matt Gates about that one, but I'm sure you know that's something that a lot of people are concerned about when they're looking at those ethics committee reports. You're by the way on the oversight committee now? Yep. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. How'd you do that?
8: Uh I was asked to do it. That's great. And I stepped up.
0: And that means that you're going to be directly involved in this. Well, if he ever comes in for the deposition, the deposition of Hunter Biden. You got it. What? Where, where are we that, with that? I mean, I know he showed up,
8: he made that big speech, he left, and the House said, okay, great, we'll just force you to come in. How many times was Don Jr. deposed behind closed doors? Countless. Lawyers on both sides, hours and hours, you before you have the big spectacle, which by the way, when you see a member of Congress asking questions, mm-hmm. they're on a five-minute clock. Right, it's fast, mm-hmm. uh, and you know Hunter can sit there and obfuscate, filibuster, lie, what have you. You got to get behind closed doors and really dig into the details, especially when you're talking about literally dozens of shell companies, international money movements things that move to that wires to Biden's address from Chinese state-owned enterprises. I mean, we have a whistleblower from uh, uh, a whistleblower and a credible FBI informant saying they set up these shell companies to make it virtually impossible to trace the money. So you can't do that in an open hearing. You have to do that behind closed doors. We have the bank records. We're getting more. Uh, This thing stinks to all high hell. And um, uh, look, at the end of the day, I don't know any government official that needs to hide money that way. Right. I mean, sitting vice president.
0: Eric Swalwell says he was just a really good guy. That's why he was loaning hundreds of thousands Buying of dollars his
8: house with two and a half million in cash. I mean, you
0: don't believe Eric Swalwell? Shell
8: companies set up in uh, shell companies set up in your grandkids' names. Yeah. Uh, by the way, over one of the things that this is why we needed the formal impeachment inquiry is they're sitting on uh, the the archives are sitting on tens of thousands of emails that Biden sent. Using a fake name from pseudo accounts uh, to Hunter's business. Those are the Robert L. Peters. uh, Those are the Robert L. Peters. You still don't have all all those business partners. The 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 phone calls, the dinners. I mean, come on, man. Yeah.
0: Come on, man. (laughs) Come on, man. Thank you, Joe. So (laughs) you're so this is a big. I mean, this is a big deal for you, and this is going to be a big. This is going to be a big um, January and February. How do you think that the do you think that this investigation or a formal impeachment will come, what, right around Super Tuesday, earlier, later? What do you think? I mean, it's only fair if you're going to have uh, Donald Trump in court the day before Super Tuesday, maybe Joe Biden should be on the Hill.
8: Yeah. You know, I mean, that is a weaponization of our justice system. Gee, what a coincidence <laughs> to have the court yeah. date the day before. We're going to, I mean, Mark, in all seriousness, we're going to follow the facts. Okay. And we've got to be, and we have to do it and we have to do it in the right way. And I'll point out to people that the media will turn Biden like they did Clinton into the victim. Right. And Clinton's approval rating was hovering around 60% in mm-hmm. 1998 at the end of impeachment. We've got to make the case, fortunately on our side, it's all there. Yeah. We've just got to get it. Uh, and then lay it out in a way that people can understand. And eventually, even when you've got CNN starting to say, mm. whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I don't know if you saw that interview. where oh, yeah. They were saying, wait, this was a lie. That was a lie. Clearly, then we know we're making progress. So we're going to keep following the facts. So it's there. But on the oversight, just real quick. Yeah. It's also things like um, we're looking at calling a hearing about the, have you heard of the speed limit for yes. the fishing industry and yep. everybody going offshore? But it's also commercial uh, fishing it's anybody uh coming into our ports for a whale that for the documentation that we can find the right whale has been hit and killed twice mm-hmm. so we're gonna trash our entire retail tourist commercial fishing industry plus everything coming into our ports for that we'll be able to dig into that we'll be able to subpoena officials and get the records and so there's there's Things that are near and dear to Floridian's heart, aside from corruption at the highest level sure. in the White House. Oh yeah, we can I, get after.
0: Well, I mean, and, and both of those. Speaking of which, because I, so you're I, former Green Beret, Armed Services Committee, you serve this country, you know how dangerous it is. Uh, what's going on right now in Yemen, or with the who the uh, with the uh, was it the um Houthis Houthis who yeah. are sending these drone attacks constantly to the USS Carney, which is docked right here in Mayport,
8: usually. Yeah. Which, by the way, President Trump listed as a terrorist organization. Correct. These are. These are Iranian-backed Rebels, uh, yeah. rebel terrorists uh in Yemen, which if you look at the map, right there at the choke point of the Red Sea before yep. you get to the Suez Canal, 20% of global shipping.
0: And we're sending what more there. ships there because this is I mean, this is a and serious we got problem. Two
8: of our two of our destroyers from Mayport, right. one of which is USS Kearney that shot down several of these missiles and drones, right there protecting, you know, that critical uh, uh global shipping choke point. But the problem, this is like somebody shooting at you Mm -hmm. and you're, which is the Houthis, you're only authorized to shoot the bullets. That was my next question. Not the shooter. Right. And the Biden administration has not authorized our Navy to take out the missile launchers, to take out the drone launchers and the shooters because they don't want to offend Iran.
0: Uh, That was my next question, which I already knew the answer to. But I mean, at what point, how long can our, our soldiers and our seamen sit there just shooting these things out of the sky before we have to say, stop? Or
8: before God help us, one of our ships are hit, Yeah, right? This happened in 1998. Uh, one a, a mine that the Iranians put out hit one of our destroyers. What did Reagan do? He didn't just go after the mines. Right. He sank five Iranian ships yeah. and said, you better knock it the hell off. That's what the Iranians understand. Until you hit them, you know, what do you do to the sco- schoolyard bully? You don't keep saying, well, can I give you a little more lunch money? That's what Biden's doing. You punch him in the nose yeah. and then- I mean, when, yeah, when, peace through strength is, it's, it's restored on the schoolyard. When Same Ralphie, thing in the Middle East,
0: when Ralphie beat the crap out of Scott Farkas, that's the only thing that Thank stopped you. him I'm in a Christmas that. story. We all know that. Yeah. yeah, was, yeah. We got to be Ralphie and uh, the Houthis are Scott Farkas. All right. Speaking of the military, so the NDAA passed. Yeah. You voted for uh, the bipartisan bill, which, which funds the military, gives them a pay raise. A lot of people were saying there's a lot of good stuff in this, but there's a lot of woke stuff that stuck around. There's also the FISA. Uh, yeah. the thing that's still in there too. Why is it, why did you deem it necessary to pass
8: it? This is why I brought my list. This is why you brought notes. <laughs> yeah, no, this is why I brought my list. And okay, this is right. Look, there are things that uh, that you can pass, good conservative bills. Uh, I could come on your show, talk about all the good stuff in yeah. there. It's going nowhere in a Democrat, Chuck Schumer's run Senate. Mm-hmm. There are things like the defense bill, got to get into law, okay. which means we've got to negotiate with Senate Democrats and we didn't get everything we wanted. Here's what we did get. Okay. Which was actually my provision. We got a ban on critical race theory. I saw that. That was any good. training, any military academies, what have you. If I'd voted against it, you know, maybe that wouldn't have we wouldn't have made it in. We got a hiring freeze on any future DEI. We wanted a full ban. We wanted to defund them all. But in the compromise, we got to freeze. At least they're not going to grow it. How many chief de
0: and I officers are there in the military
8: right now? Do we know? That, well, there is a, a chief de. There's one officer, chief de, but then there's and then sub- all the services have theirs, and okay. then combatant commands have theirs. There's dozens and dozens. But there will be no more. There will be no more. Okay. Uh, and then next year, you know, pray God we win the Senate and White House, and we'll roll back the current ones. Okay. The current ones that exist. We got a five and a half percent. Pay raise for all of our troops. Good we got stuff. an increase to basic housing allowance, which we know rents and mortgages and you know thanks Joe Biden Bidenomics mm-hmm. uh, are are going through the roof. Near and dear to my heart, the counter domestic extremist working group mm-hmm. that was set up right after uh, Jan 6, we were able to eliminate that as they're labeling everybody a, a, a domestic terrorist in the military. A little bit, little bit scary for everybody that was ejected for COVID. Uh, the Secretary of Defense has to reach out to them personally and lay out a pathway for them not only to come back in, but not be penalized uh, for the time that's gone. There were some other important things on the industrial base right. uh, that funds our troops, and then finally, you know, anytime Rashida Talib, Omar, <laughs> AOC, and what right. have you are voting one way, I'm inclined to vote the other. Look on the FISA thing; it's tough we can't let it expire. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a program that lets us go after foreigners on foreign soil, whether they're terrorists, Iranians, Chinese, uh, nuclear scientists, what have you. We've got to be able to go after them. Where it gets tricky is if they're talking to Mark Kay back here in the United States. Right. What we can see right now is we can do a search and say, oh, Mark Kay talked to Uh, a phone number we know that is aligned to Hamas six times in the last week. We can see that Mm -hmm. without a warrant. In order to then see what you said and dig any further, we have to get a warrant. What we need to reform is how that warrant comes about. And we have those reforms ready to go. We had to put a short-term extension to get them into place for for a number of reasons.
0: Look, I always tell people when you have the far right and the far left voting in, in the same way, Probably it, nobody got anything that they really, really
8: wanted, or everything, everything that they we, really wanted. I want to be crystal clear yeah. I am a hundred and eight, I'm 200%. We've got to reform FISA. Okay, what happened to President Trump with the 45 reforms that we've worked out and we will be introducing and we will get into law could not happen again. Crossfire hurricane, the fact that you had a you submitted you know, a FISA application for a warrant to go after a presidential campaign based on media reports and a political dossier from Clinton. None of those things should ever happen again. And if they do, you got to actually have criminal penalties. Those are all the reforms we're going to get into place.
0: All right. As soon as he gets back next uh, year and kicks butt on the uh, on the Oversight Committee. uh, Ladies and gentlemen, big round of applause. Congressman Mike Waltz. Thank you, sir.
8: Thanks for being here. We got
0: to take a quick break. We will be right back. More Marques show right after this. This is the K Show. My name is Marquet, 855940 number. We went a little, little long with Mike Waltz, but that's what happens when you have a congressperson in here. You know, we they, they only get five minutes when they're on the hill. So here we like to give them even more time. Which means we have to take one more quick break, but we will be back in just a minute. And we're gonna have some of your phone calls, some of your open mic messages. 855-940 Mark is our number. Don't go anywhere, don't go anywhere, folks. We will be right back.
1: Where entertaining meets informative This show makes the listener feel like it's my show
2: You make bad news sound good Mark K for three hours a day Loving
3: it! This is the Mark K Show
0: this is the Mark K Show. My name's Mark K. 855-940-MARK is our number, 855-940-6275. And yes, I know that that was a very, very, very quick break, but uh, like I said, we had the congressman in here and, you know, it's we could have gone on forever. We just barely scratched the surface of the NDAA and he began to explain why he voted for it and the uh, the thing about the FISA um, allow- allowments in the, uh, the document he also talked about. And this is one of those bills where we talked about it last week. There's a pay raise for soldiers which needs to get through. We need to fund our uh, defense department, but we don't really have the power um to to do whatever it is the republicans want to do some some republicans even voted with ilhan omar and aoc and as i point out before those are things i think that show uh, there were compromises on both sides it, it, does it mean that everyone should be happy nope <laughs> But I mean, when was the last time we were all happy about something that happened in Washington? Anyway, thanks to the congressman for coming in. Uh, we we also here's the thing: Hannah's still out. Uh, when we uh, when I went to when I when I traversed to her homestead, uh, which was a very very long trip. Um, when I traversed to her homestead over the weekend to see her and the baby, and her husband was there too. It was a great time. Um, we talked a little bit about that. She still contends that she's going to be back in late January uh on january the 25th which is a thursday and again i pointed out coming back on a thursday is kind of weird why don't you just come back on the following monday but i don't know if she's i don't know if she's just getting you know uh, what it like like, like cabin would it cabin fever i don't know if she's like you know missing the environment here i can't imagine you know if she needs someone to make fun of her i can just call her up um but I, she's that's that's her plan that's her goal is to come back on january the 25th we do have her coming in next friday for our gift exchange which is very exciting And she is going to she is going to bring uh, the baby. There was a point I was bringing up about this. I forget what it was. Um, uh, But the fact of the matter is that uh, the fact of the matter is that I forget eight five five nine four. I'll be honest with you. I just totally lost my train of thought. Eight five five nine four zero six two. Seven, five. Oh, now I remember. Since she's going to be out for another month, we are lining up various different guest hosts to come in. We have Susie from Middleburg, who is going to be sitting in her chair for one day. We're very excited about that. Uh, we, Congressman Aaron Bean has requested that he comes in. And he, he had some he wanted to interview me, which I don't quite understand, but, you know, to each their own, and now Congressman Mike Waltz has said, "Hey, maybe I can, maybe I can come back in. filling in for Hannah." I had no idea Hannah's job was so exciting and/or popular, but there's a lot of people that want Jennifer Carroll, the former lieutenant governor. We're going to try to get her in as well, um, because apparently a lot of folks, a lot of folks want to, um, a lot of folks want to be in that chair. 940 mark is our number. 855-940-6275. There's a couple of other stories that have popped up, which. Again, I think we should pro- – we definitely probably need to uh, – we probably definitely need to, to hit on. There's a There's a whole thing coming out of the Vatican with the Pope and what I think people are kind of misunderstanding. I've read through it a couple times myself, uh, but basically what's happening now is the Pope, Francis – who many people in and out of the Catholic Church have deemed the most liberal pope in the history of popes. Of all the popes, this one's like the most left-leaning pope we've ever had. And when you're—because le- the conservative—or the Catholic Church, by the way, is very conservative. You know, when you look at all of the tenets of the Catholic Church, when you look at the Ten Commandments, when you look at, you know, the Gospels, when you look at the the teachings and, and what the, the Council of Cardinals and this and that and the other, what they put down, you know, there's some real—there's some real distinct— laws that that guide the catholic church one of them is of course murder is bad in fact it's not only bad it is a mortal sin and that includes abortion that, you know, babies are miracles, they're gifts from God, and if uh, a baby is born uh, out of wedlock or is, a, you know, undesired or whatever, that's part of God's plan, and it's not your choice to decide whether or not that baby lives or dies. Abortion is one of the probably biggest sins known to the Catholic Church, and it's one of the things that they fight hardest against. Um, another one is gay marriage. Gay people are not allowed to be married in the Catholic Church because marriage is between a man and a man. And a woman, and that's a very common. I think most Christian societies believe that. I remember seeing an. I remember seeing an interview with Joel Osteen and Oprah years ago, and Joel Osteen was asked that question by Oprah: "Why can't? Why doesn't your church support gay marriage?" And he said, "I've read the Bible, and I just don't see anything that supports it." Well, only he said it in his you know very Houston, very Houston Joel Osteen kind of um, accent. Anyway, well Pope Francis, Francis just released a formal, approved letting. Of Catholic priests to bless same-sex couples. So what that means is that if you're a priest and you are asked to bless a same-sex couple, you can now do it. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't think that you can still that you can get married in the Catholic Church. That's not at, not at all what it means if you're a, if you're in a uh, a gay relationship. It's a radical shift in policy, says the AP. That's aimed at making the church more inclusive while maintaining its strict ban on gay marriage. But while the Vatican statement was heralded by some as a step toward breaking down discrimination in the Catholic Church, some LGBTQ plus advocates warned it underscored the church's idea that gay couples remain inferior to heterosexual partnerships um i mean and that's something that you know it's not necessarily inferior it's just one is godlike and the other is not and that's basically it's pretty cut and dry in the catholic church the catholic church is there's really very few gray areas you know it's a sin or it's not you can do it and go to heaven or you can't i mean it's there it's really not that complex um but now with what the the pope has issued this proclamation saying you can now uh you can now bless gay couples not necessarily bless their marriage or allow them to be married in the church but bless them it does kind of offer one of those gray areas and in the catholic church gray areas we're not really we're not really fond of those kinds of things but it goes right along hand in hand with all of the things that uh, pope francis has been doing he's one of the most climate conscious or climate forward uh, thinkers that we've ever had. He's also um you discussed different proposals about you know allowing women to be priests and things like that. So this is a liberal pope who is pushing a liberal agenda in a very conservative religious institution. Now, a lot of folks think because of his advanced age and his rumored health problems. I don't know if you've seen him lately, but he's not getting any younger. He's getting older. And because he's been sick and he's had to skip some masses at St. Uh, Peter's um, or at a, in the a Basilica, because he's, because he's been in a wheelchair, because he's been kind of frail looking, people believe that he may be on his way out, either medically or just that he's going to retire, step down, that he'll no longer be able to execute his papal duties. And as a result, uh, maybe he's trying to push through all of these things that he's wanted to get done, you know, before that time comes. He's 87, by the way. He just turned 87. He had a birthday yesterday. Uh, so he's now 87 years old. And I don't know if you know, but that's not that's not that's not young for a Pope or really anyone else. Uh 855-940-Mark is our number. 855 940 6275 The other story is, and we touched on it a little bit, the idea that Barack Obama is no longer supporting Joe Biden. And that's a biggie because Joe Biden was kind of pushed into the presidency by Barack Obama, and I think the only reason a lot of Democrats felt, felt uh, stable with Joe Biden as a choice or felt comfortable with Joe Biden as a choice, I think a big reason why Democrats really were able to rally behind Joe Biden and drag him over the finish line is because they knew that Barack Obama was there. Barack Obama was the guy pulling the strings. Barack Obama was the guy calling the shots. Barack Obama was going to make sure that Joe didn't F things up because Barack Obama always said that you never underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. And we know, I mean, that's a direct quote from the former president about the current president.
1: Go f- yourself.
0: Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Elon. Um, but anyway, so that's, that's kind of the, uh, the thought process. Well now insiders inside the Barack Obama I don't know, headquarters of the Barack Obama cabal, if you will, have now developed, have now released statements to The Washington Post that Barack Obama, he's not confident in Joe Biden anymore. He's not confident that Joe Biden can win. And if you think about it, if you think about this, what you're going to realize or what you're going to understand is that nothing ever leaks out of the Barack Obama camp on purpose nothing ever leaks out that they don't control and this whole uh, anonymous tip that barack obama has openly admitted to people within his orbit that joe biden is no longer able to win the election that joe biden has some serious issues with his poll numbers that that the support for joe biden is dwindling so much that donald trump could win and if donald trump wins oh my gosh that's the worst thing that's going to happen to our republic since well joe biden taking office a new poll on top of all of this shows that 54 percent of Democrat voters would like to replace Joe Biden as the 2024 nominee. 50, Fifty four percent of Democrat voters, which means not only does he have a low approval rating, but he has such a low approval, uh, low approval rating. People want him to go. They, they don't even want to vote for the guy. It's they're not saying do better. They're saying go away. They're not saying improve. They're saying hasta la vista. They're saying we don't even want you to try again. We would like you permanently benched. And we want to bring up the next guy. You know, the next man on the bench, next man up, as they say in football. Uh, Democrat Party voters, according to Breitbart, are unhappy President Joe Biden, 81, is the presumptive Democrat nominee to likely challenge former President Donald Trump. The poll highlights the discontent... I'm sorry, the disconnect and discord inflicting the Democrat Party after Biden refused to step aside and allow a different Democrat to lead the party. Fifty four percent of Democrat primary voters prefer an alternative to Biden. Just 43 percent of Democrat primary voters want to keep Biden. The polling showed a slight uptick in negative sentiment against the president. Now, the interesting thing about this is that if you don't and we just talked about it with Mike Waltz. He said, I think we can keep the House of Representatives if we win the White House. Because what that means is you're going to have a whole lot of Republicans, a whole lot of Donald Trump voters, a whole lot of MAGAs going out to the polls to get their man back in office. And while they're voting for president, they're obviously going to vote for Republicans for Congress as well, although sometimes that doesn't necessarily happen. The Senate, all right, that could play out differently. But if we get the House of Representatives and the White House, that's a whole different ballgame. And that's something we could really that's something we could really work on some change with. And, and so what this means is if people don't even want Joe Biden on the ticket, if Democrats don't even want the guy running, they don't want him any, anywhere near the presidency, then they're less likely to even show up and vote. Now... Many of them don't show up and vote anyway. They just fill out the mail-in ballot at their house, and somebody comes and harvests it for them and takes it to the to the uh, to the sorting and, and counting uh, place downtown in the middle of the night. We've all seen that happen before. Um, but that's bad news because if you don't have voter enthusiasm for a candidate, then you're not going to get voters going out and supporting that candidate. This is where the abortion issue is is going to become even more important. Because any state where there's an abortion issue on the ballot, they're going to get voters to come out. They're going to get left-wing Democrat voters to come out and save a woman's right to have an abortion for any means necessary. And if they can get get these abortion uh, votes on the ballots in swing states, it's going to be a very close vote. But keep in mind, it will not be a race between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. It's going to be a race between abortion and donald trump that's what's really on the ballot because right now joe biden is not going to get democrats to go out and vote for him but abortion will 855-940-MARK is our number 855-940-6275 one more quick break we will be right back This is The Mark K Show. My name is Mark K, 855 mark is our number, 855-940-6275. Incidentally, don't forget, we will be doing our live reading of The Untold Story of Christmas this Friday. If you'd like your own copy before then, theuntoldstoryofchristmas.com is where you can get it. Uh, as we get closer and closer to 2024, because again, people, here's basically how this is going to shake out. We are less than a month away from the Iowa caucus. You may know this. Uh, Donald Trump was in Iowa over the weekend. Pretty much everybody was in Iowa over the weekend, and they're going to be in Iowa over the next, Few weeks because January fifteenth, bada bing, bada boom. That's the very first con- uh, contest for the Republican primary, um, and Donald Trump is in a pretty good position to win that one, despite the fact that uh, Ron DeSantis has the has the backing of not just the governor of the state of Iowa, but one of the largest uh, one of the largest um, religious leaders in the state for evangelical Christians who doesn't believe the polls that say Donald Trump has a majority. Other polls in New Hampshire, for example, are touting Nikki Haley is taking a huge bite out of Donald Trump's lead. Although I believe that's only one poll. And most of the other polls show that, again, despite the governor, Chris Sununu, of New Hampshire endorsing Nikki Haley last week, it really hasn't done much to boost her and that Donald Trump should walk away pretty, pretty handedly with New Hampshire. The same is true of Nevada. The same is true of South Carolina. and as the primaries begin and Donald Trump starts to starts to win, <laughs> then it's going to be harder and harder for anyone. It's going to be harder and harder for any one of the contestants who are left in this race, whether it's Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, or Vivek Ramaswamy, to pull out any kind of win. Just shut the f- up. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's just you know, it's just cold hard facts. You gotta. I'm, I apologize, Vivek. You're a nice guy and all, but uh, but you just gotta you just gotta face facts eventually. Donald Trump will be. The nominee for the Republican Party. And then it gets interesting because once he's solidified enough votes and enough of the uh, delegates to become the nominee, then you start talking about the presidential campaign. And when you start talking about the presidential presidential campaign, the first thing that comes up is who is going to be your running mate and who is going to be a running mate that will help you not hurt you. Because running mates have to help. The only reason to pick a running mate is to pick somebody that is going to help you get even more votes, help you get even more voters, somebody who's not going to ostracize any one group to the point where they're going to turn their back on you, and somebody who may actually help you pick up votes from a group that maybe didn't think you were all that in a bag of chips. Many people point to Mike Pence in 2016 as a Midwestern Iowa farm, or not an Indiana Indiana farm boy who was very Christian, very conservative, very well liked by evangelicals, and helped kind of, you know, tone down Donald Trump's bold rhetoric. And a lot of the evangelical Christians who might have been offended by Donald Trump looked at Mike Pence and said, you know what, Mike Pence is a good guy. All right, we'll see. There's something there. And besides, neither one of them are Hillary Clinton. So how bad, how bad could it possibly be? And that's where uh, that's where Mike Pence came in handy. Now, of course, Mike Pence is damaged goods, um, and and you know no no one will. I mean, even in Indiana, I don't think they're big fans anymore. Also, uh, Donald Trump's gonna li- got to look anew. Well, in Phoenix at America Fest, hosted by TPUSA, Congressman Matt Gates from Florida's first district took the stage, and he said something that we've heard before.
5: Maybe we'll even get Tucker Carlson joining President Trump in the White House as his VP. Trump Tucker 2024. The world might not be ready, but I'm ready. Are you ready?
0: And this is something we heard last week because apparently, uh, apparently uh, Melania Trump is a big fan of Tucker Carlson and would love for him to be uh, to be uh, VP. The thing people you have to realize about VP is that it is such a pointless job that anybody who's really in a position of power right now they don't really want to cede that power to just become the vice president of the United States. It's really for someone like Tucker Carlson and Rush Limbaugh used to joke about this all the time. People would say, why don't you run for office? Why don't you run for politics? He'd say, I couldn't take, I, you know, I, I couldn't take the cut in pay. There's that. But also you can do way more good as a, a host of a show on X, reaching millions and millions of people every single day. You Tucker Carlson could do way more good on that platform than he ever could as vice president of the United States. You need somebody who already doesn't have a huge platform, already doesn't have a huge voice um, and already isn't uh, the kind of person that could that could ostracize a large number of potential voters. Um, And that's why I think, you know, it's fun to say it's fun to spitball. It's fun to think about that. But really think about the vice president. How much does the vice president really do? really basically nothing, especially the current one.
4: How dare they? Yeah,
0: well, I mean, I'm just saying.
4: No, 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 no. Okay.
0: Uh, Listen, we got to go anyway, but thanks so much for everyone for tuning in today. Be back. We'll be back tomorrow with an all-new edition of The Mark K Show, noon Eastern, 11 Central. Please join us. Till then, see ya.
8: Terms apply.